Writers have more stories to tell than those that are written on a page. Join me as I talk about my life, loves and inspiration behind my work so far and maybe even a sneak peek into stories yet to come. Hi, I'm Chris Tetrault-Blay and this is Dead Men Talk. So here we are, the um, for the second week in a row, I've actually bringing you lucky listeners a special guest on Dead Men Talk. So again, I'm not going to be talking about myself, I'm going to let somebody else talk about themselves. And um, this guest is, is very special to me. She is really the um, one of the main reasons why this podcast is even in existence. Um, but uh, I'll, let her, I'll let her tell you more about herself, but in her... Sort of portfolio on her CV, we've got makeup artist, director, drama teacher, author, um, podcast presenter. presenter. I was getting there, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she's got her own podcast as well, so she's pretty much done everything. So, welcome to Dead Men Talk, Jackie Rom. Hello, Chris. Hello. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. You? Yeah, I'm really very good, thank you. I, I'm just thinking, you know, aren't we lucky that all the way through the lockdown, we've just been able to carry on? Just carry on. That's it. I mean, I, carry on. It's, um, it's something I was going to ask, so I might as well just launch straight into it. How, with everything you've had going on, how has, has lockdown affected any of your plans? Have you had to go in different directions or have you pretty much been able to stick to what you were planning to do anyway? No, it's gone in a wild direction. <laughs> completely insane i'm so tired i need a holiday <laughs> everybody else is like sleeping all the time whatever and i'm doing so the opposite yeah. because um not far into it um a and you did mention that i'm a drama teacher so yeah. i was talking to a, an ex-student i mean many many years ago ex-student and he lives in la and he's a producer and I was chatting. I can't even remember what I was chatting about now. And he said, why don't you make a web series? I'll get you the guests. Yeah. And that's how it started. So then for five weeks, I filmed over 22 interviews with the most amazing people. And I know, Chris, you know some of them because we've do. been chatting about it. Yeah. But they are secrets. I mean, this series, we've done three series. And... Um, I'm not sure you know about tomorrow because we've do, I've done a Pride, uh, it's World Pride Month. Okay, yeah. So I've got a very special guest tomorrow, Brilliant. but it might not be tomorrow when your podcast. So I really should say the date. That's all right. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm recording this probably about sort of two weeks ahead of time. So by the time this rolls oh, out, you're, you're you good, have to plan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm in June, uh, yes. I release a. Um, episode which is dedicated to pride uh, pride world pride month because it's a month this year because it's virtual yeah and i interview the uh ex-mayor of hollywood wow and he's actually going to be mayor next year because they do it in four or five years uh, yeah and um he's amazing and he's an he his story is incredible because he was one of the first um lawyers that started to defend people with AIDS in the 70s. Wow, and okay. so his story is just amazing. But he lost over 100 friends during wow. the AIDS epidemic. Wow. But his just story is incredible. So, I was yeah. going to say even that alone. So that's that just sort of sets the scenes, ladies and gentlemen, for the kind of guests that Jackie has on her 
on their show. Yeah, so you just go to YouTube to Jackie Rom because yeah. I've got my own channel. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds so funny. So this go is to my channel. This is this is Jackie's um, new YouTube web series that we're talking about, Jackie Rom Investigates. Where I mean, you 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 sort of give the give the overall what it's what it entails, what what it's about, what we can expect. It's all about interviewing ordinary people with extraordinary lives and um as an author we all need inspiration and i'm sure this happens to you chris but you're out and about talking to anyone i've had it happened about three times this week and somebody says oh you need to write my story and then they tell you this wacky story and you know sometimes it does end up in a book i'm going to tell you one story that was lit it hasn't ended up in a book but I'd, it's yet. a fascinating story. So I met this lady. I was in the Caribbean. Yeah. And she was from New York. Itali- Italian New York family. Okay. And she told me when she was seven years old. So it's a few years ago. Mm-hmm. They used to go out every Friday night. And she used to dress up and have gloves and a little handbag. I can't remember if she was seven or nine. But yeah. about that age. And they went to this Italian restaurant. A big table. You can imagine all the mafia sitting there as she tells this story. And all of a sudden, her dad, under the table, passes over a gun under the table and says, put it in your handbag really quietly. So she opens the handbag, puts the gun in the handbag. Five minutes later, the police raid and they never found the gun. Oh, okay. There you go. That belongs in a book or a film. Yes, exactly. So that's just one story. So it's all about hearing people, meeting people. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how famous they are. Everybody comes from humble beginnings. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's just hearing people's stories, really. And I, um, I, I've seen the first few episodes so far, and I, I mean, they're, they're not necessarily people that I heard about for any reason, but their stories are fascinating. You know, there's been there's definitely been something yeah. in each one that I've taken away. So. The first one, um, he's uh, he was a New York uh, banker in Wall Street and gave it all up, went over to the Caribbean and became a radio host of a rock and roll station. Yeah. But yeah. that's like sounds like a book, doesn't it? It does, it does, and it's it's. I mean, these are not well, not like you say, ordinary people with extraordinary lives. So, yeah, yeah, people that have started off from humble normal beginnings ended up doing just you know one or two things which remarkable enough that they can keep telling people about really for the rest of their lives so i i have must say my second one was one of my favorites because that was harvey santos he was was hilarious yeah and he was a ballet dancer with the hong kong ballet and then came to england with his boyfriend and became a milliner and now is milliner to the stars and also a drag queen so i just got on so literally as um i called him on zoom as we do him he popped up and he's wearing a crown and i thought (laughs) this is gonna be a good interview i just knew had you had you had any dealings? Have you had any dealings or conversations with these people before you record the shows? Nope. Or this is pretty much new to you. As no, well? and when we start, I actually say to them, "I'm not going to say anything," so that I I do I have to research yeah. because I have to know my questions. Yeah. So, but I don't research very deep because you find that the, the research doesn't really matter because once you start talking, you've got down. questions to ask. So, yeah. no, th- there was only one. And I can't say, but you know who he is because yes. I told you. Yes. And he was the one I've the one I've done the most research on, 
because he's such a public figure and his story is so public, mm. I did do it. But I was just fascinated by him and his story. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's all very I can't exciting. wait for that one. Really yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so after, after you did... Uh, you did hint or full on, you know, tell, tell me, tell me his name. I, I went away and I, I found out more about him and it is a fascinating story. So did you watch the documentary? Yes. Oh. yes. Yeah, it was brilliant. Do- I know we're, I know we're talking in riddles here, but <laughs> he's, he's now well known for singing a song um, that, makes you think and his story is the song that yeah. he's now synonymous with yeah and, yeah. Um, so, and when yeah, it comes so... out pe- people check it out they'll probably um hopefully figure out once it comes out who it, you know who it is we're talking about at the time when the episode comes out they'll know which one we're referring to yeah exactly well didn't was it you that thought it was somebody from kiss was it no. you? Oh no! Somebody said to me, "I can't remember because I wouldn't." Tell, you're the only one I've told. I, I haven't oh, told okay. anyone. And somebody was trying to guess, and they thought that it was one of the uh, guys from Kiss because I said, "You know, an American rock band." So there anyway. you go. So yeah, that will hopefully pique the interest of a few people listening to this that I know listen to this who are into the same music as me. So uh, yeah, definitely go on, go on to go on to YouTube. Um, and, and what's the what's the channel called? Um, Jackie Rom, just Jackie Rom. That's, that's easy. And I'm a yep. Y, so I'm a J A C K Y R O M. There you go. So, I always say to people, go onto my website because it sends you wherever you want. You know, you can see the books I write, the podcast, the life of a crime novelist. <laughs> I can even hear myself. It sounds like my podcast. I, I I hear that every Friday. So. <laughs> oh. Well, now because um, it's all got a bit too much, I've just written another book and released a book. Wow. So. I'm putting my Jackie Rum investigates. I'm now putting on the podcast. Yeah. So for the next few weeks, it so, will be the podcast. That's brilliant. So you don't actually have to be in front of a screen to really hear um, the conversations that you have. You can now have it on the move. Like I listen to podcasts when I'm in the car driving to work. So you know, even if I can't you know, watch it. Here's a, another secret. Do I tell you when I listen to podcasts? Go on. When I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, really? I want to go to bed to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I found a few. Not to say that I found any boring ones; they've all fascinated me. But no. it's something soothing about, yes. about listening to it. Yeah. If you force me to listen, so if you're going to put on some, and I have tried it, meditation or yeah. sleep, I will fight against it, and mm. I don't mean to, but my brain fights against it. But if you're giving me something interesting to listen to then my brain will sw- switch off and allow me to sleep. Yeah. And I can go back. Yeah. That's the beauty, isn't it, of a it's, podcast? It is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've done that where I've I've had to go back two or three times because of, you know, one thing or another, I miss something or I fall asleep or it's while I'm trying to concentrate on where I'm going. I've taken wrong turns on the motorway because I've been so enthralled in what I've been listening to. So. <laughs> can I tell people how your podcast came about? Of course you can. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you to divulge that just so we can uh, <laughs> okay. find that one. But yeah, go ahead. So, so um, I don't know how long we've been talking because you were a guest on my podcast, but we've both got the same publisher, so um, it's nice to talk to another um, author because, like me, being an author, everybody thinks it's very glamorous, but you do it all on your own. Mm. It's nowhere near as glamorous as they <laughs> think. No. Uh, anyway, um, I had downloaded, I don't know if I've told you all of this, mm-hmm. I had downloaded um, an app on my phone called Quibi, mm-hmm. uh, Q-R- Q-U-I-B-I, and it's a new 
way of watching TV. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. And at the time it was free and uh, Jennifer Lopez has got something to do with it and some massive, massive people. Right. And it's all TV programs, but they're all 10 minutes long. Okay. That's all. Yeah. And now you've got to pay to stream it, but you didn't. Anyway, there was a series produced by uh, J-Lo called... Uh, oh, God, I've forgotten it. <laughs> uh, something... Uh, Thanks a Million. Okay. Sorry. It's called yeah. Thanks a Million. And it was 10 famous people had £100,000. Have I told you this story? I think you told me a little bit of it. Yeah, oh. but, but go ahead, go ahead. Okay. So, and, and you watch, and it's only 10 minutes long, you watch this person take £100,000 in cash and take it to somebody that they feel you know, needs it or they're grateful. There's a reason why. So they take this money and they say, I'm giving you this, but there's one catch. You can keep half. You've got to give away half. And they do that down to 25,000. And then the last person keeps 25,000. Well, it was so inspirational and it just inspired me. Well, I haven't got a hundred thousand pounds. No, no. no and, okay. <laughs> and one day we were just chatting about work and you were saying, I really fancy be doing a podcast. And you just literally in conversation said, but I think my computer will die. It's so old <laughs> it and I don't good. like change much. Anyway, so that was all you did is just make a comment. So I went away and thought about it and I thought I can probably go and buy one. If I'm careful, I can go and buy one. So this is my, so my, and then I thought for about two weeks and I thought, do I do this or not? I really want to buy Chris a computer. <laughs> and then I had a brainwave, right? And so I went to a networking site that I've used many times. And all I did is said, I know somebody that would really like to do a podcast and needs a new computer. And within five minutes, a man donated the computer. Mm. It it's was a, just, it's a, he said, it, I've got them in the office. He said, <laughs> You can have one. Well, honestly, my I could I I didn't know what to say really because it yeah. happened so fast. Mm-hmm. And then I went yes, <laughs> and then we sent it to you. And then I went, can I watch while you open it? Yeah, it, so was, it, was, it was good fun. It was good fun. It was very cryptic. I I had no idea really because I mean it was just a conversation that we had, and and the reason. Um, yeah, I mentioned about my laptop. So I've had just the same laptop for about 10 years. I've written all my books on it. Um, it's a bit battered. Even the screen's fallen apart now, I've found out. So it's good timing, actually. And then, yeah, you, um, Jackie just came through and she, she asked if she could have my dress. She had something to send me. And, and Did you all... have any idea at that point? No, I think... Right, when I, not until I saw it arrive, I think, and then I saw sort of the, the size of the box that the guy dropped off, and I was, I was, it went through my head, and I was like, no, nah, it can't be, you know. That, but it was, it was, it was really one of the sweetest things people, you know, anyone's done, and this is the the reason why this podcast exists. So I am really, really grateful. And um, it was just a real pleasure to be able to do it. Yeah, no, and, I, and I, I didn't do anything. You, really well, no, but it's 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 I sort of your facilitated it. Your your sort of selfless act, and somebody else's, you know, um, uh, selfless act is just comes together and makes these things possible. Which is it really helps helps restore your faith. I'm not going too deep here, but it does restore your faith in. in I do think though that I do hope the lockdown has done something too. I think it's um, a few things. It, I hope it's made us all a little less selfish because mm. I think with that, mankind has turned very selfish. Yeah. And um, 
I think uh, it, it needs, I hope it's made us think about other people as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see it locally. We are, you know, where we live, the the um, estate that we live on, it's a new build estate, but we've got our own community Facebook group, and it was it was it was sort of getting going just before lockdown anyway. But since then, I mean, there's been so many offers, you know, pleas for help or advice and offers, you know, just just people wanting to give up their time and or anything they can to help people, and it's it's lovely. It's... I'm glad people are opening up and say I need help because mm. that's really important because yeah. otherwise we don't know. No, no, and then it just gets worse and and then yeah. you can't get I run um I run a charity. I don't know if I've told you about this. I run a charity in Tell the, the listeners they they've not heard okay. this before even if I So asked. I'm very very lucky. I have a home in the Caribbean on a little island called Saint-Martin which is half Dutch and half French. And just over two years ago, it was hit by Hurricane Irma and it was devastated. I, I can't even describe the damage. And uh, it happened on September the 6th and I managed to get one of the first flights out in the beginning of November. And I met a friend of mine and I knew I wanted to help and I didn't know how. And we just literally took a drive. And from this one day drive, we set up, a, we saw how much and what needed to be done. And within two or three days, we were given four containers full of clothes wow. and food and that's how it all started yeah so i set up something called all about a smile and uh two and a half years later we've raised tens of tens of thousands of pounds and we do a lot of shopping because we yeah. won't give people money we won't pay bills no. but we'll buy clothes and uh, we'll buy, give people food and people that well we've put roofs over people's heads wow. bathrooms i remember um one day uh, I was out there and uh, there was a group of volunteers called Freegan Foods and they would go and pick up food that was out of date and okay. cut it all up with volunteers and take it out to people that needed feeding. Wow. And um, I went out, I volunteered for the day and I was introduced to this lady and uh, I went in her house. Well, I say her house, she only had four walls, no toilet, no bathroom, no ceiling. No, nothing. Oh there, it was no nothing. And there was little children running around. Anyway, I put a bathroom in very quickly and a toilet and a shower. And then I, we found out that the children that were running around, she was looking after neighbors' children so that they could go to work. She was earning pennies for doing this. Yeah. Not one toy, Chris. Not oh, one no. toy. And um, I managed to get some things, you know, like the little plastic tables so they could yeah. sit down and eat, some toys and things like that anyway I was there one day and I saw people were coming and going and I was a bit suspicious because you know when you've got no money yeah. the things that you will do to earn money yeah. and I don't want to be a part of it nope. so I was a bit worried that there was drugs or something going on anyway I found out she had a that time we hadn't done her kitchen and she only had one ring and she was cooking for the locals oh, really? so they were coming with plastic and she was feeding them, feeding wow. the locals. Uh, I think they were buying, and that's how she must have earned pennies, you yeah. know. So we put in a beautiful uh, cooker so that she could cook more. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is so that, Is that something that you're still involved in over there, or was it, was it more sort of yeah, at the I run time? It. You do? No, 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 I still run still it. And of go. course, now, the whole island is shut. Yeah. Um, 
you learn about politics as well when you yeah. do something like this because uh, politics doesn't i won't let politics be involved with the charity sure. but of course it is involved mm. on the island because because it's an island people come from all over the caribbean yeah. by boat and they're not supposed to be there right and i can't to me it's a human so you get Haitians, Jamaicans, Dominica, those from Dominica, yeah. Yeah. a lot of Dominicans, and they're very poor and they need feeding. So I will still feed yeah, people. So it's quite, in it's quite, it's been interesting. But of course, the whole island's shut and these people have got no jobs. Uh, I'm supposed to go back on July the 9th. My flight has been changed five times. <sighs> Uh, we don't even know when the island's going to open, no. but I've only got one volunteer on the island, and poor guy, he's going around doing everything at the moment on his own. Jeez. And um, we, uh, so there'll be, because we're all coming back, there's mm. lots of volunteers coming back soon as the island opens, yeah. and we'll have so much to do. Yeah. We, are, we are prepared for it. They're literally, the government have had to do food parcels. Wow. So they will only do food for the people that are legitimate islanders. If oh, okay. you're not, if you're not legit, so, yeah, you're not going to be it. It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you can you can understand that, um, but then you know there's people. There oh, are totally. people there that are in the same boat that need the same the same aid. So. Um, yeah, um, and I respect what they're doing. Hmm. But I'm just seeing people as humans. Yeah, so sure. It just yeah. depends. I, I mean, I won't, we don't say anything. We just deliver food and go. Yeah. And I had the, when we were there setting it up, there are, there is one kind of real shanty town. And we were told not to go. Mm. There was me and Jeff, who's the, um, the other guy that I said, just the two of us set up the charity yeah. and we had the whole car was full to the roof and he had a, he had an SUV right. and stupidly we thought, nah, we'll be all right. We drove in and it was like, you know, like we would call a jumble sale yeah. or early in the morning at a boot sale. Yeah. It was scary. Oh. Oh, dear. They all, cause they were going to sell it. You know, they, yeah. they would get pennies for things. Yeah. So it's been quite interesting. Oh, so that's in amongst everything else that you do. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you actually. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that you you've written another book. Is it you've actually finished writing it, or have you? you I released it a week ago, and Chris, you I can't believe this. In the first week, this has been my biggest seller. There Mad. You go. There you go. Because normally, you know, you know, your friends and relatives buy the books. Yeah. That's that's natural. Yeah. And then you know you've got to get the word out there and promote it and whatever, but. This book I've written is specifically for drama teachers and basically I've just hit the right place at the right time Brilliant. because it's um it's about virtual teaching virtually. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so many teachers that really have have struggled to change what they normally do. Yeah. And I, I've just handed them a book really and said just open go. it and you can teach a class. So yeah, yeah so that's, a, that's another another um, corner of the market. That you've uh, yeah, yeah you've just right place got hold right. of how did your um so going back sort of as far as we can anyway how did your your writing journey start so where when or where or when did you decide you had a book in you that you wanted to write or did it just happen i'm gonna or? i'm gonna go back further there are two incidences in my life i remember 
I've always been a bit of a drama queen. So um, I used to go to drama classes. My parents had a, co a drama coach, all those type of things. Yeah. And then I wrote my first play when I was 17 and I always wanted to be a director, as you know. Yeah. I wanted to be a director. So it was at a youth club, a really big youth club. You don't have them anymore, but it was, there must have been like 100 people there on a Thursday night, is where everybody went yeah. to meet up. Anyway, I put my, because I, they used to have um, charity things. And I said, oh, I'll put on a show, I'll write it. So I did. And, um, and, and I put on a show, and I put wow. on a full length musical. And it's really funny because one of the guys that plays the lead is now my agent. Oh, okay. And uh, and I interview him. He's one of my guests. Brilliant. But um, I still know, um, I don't know, there might have been 10 lead people in the play, and I still know and see eight out of the 10 people. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Just... So that's one instance that sticks in my mind. Yep. And then the other one, I was on holiday, and I wrote a poem. I used to be writing poems as a kid. I was like a Pam Ayers fan, and they were all lighthearted and funny. We were on holiday, a family holiday. Must have been 16, 17. And I went in the lounge and read this poem to my parents, and my dad went, you didn't write that. And he was very much like that. Yeah. You didn't write that. I said, I did, I've just written it. I said, give me any subject in the world, and I'll write your poem. He said, go and write one about me. So I went and I wrote this really funny poem. I can't even remember it now about oh. him. And so that reminds me, but of course, and we've talked about this before. It's the no, you didn't, or you can't yeah. that makes me do it. Yeah. That, that does drive you, doesn't it? And it's um, as much as staying true to what it is that you want to do. I think if you, if you receive not criticism but challenges and people saying you can't, or you're, you won't be any good at something naturally i think you you want to prove them wrong so oh yes i've had <laughs> lots of that but i must say every single time it's happened um it's a bit like i'll show you i'm yeah. still doing that that now chris really up to this day if yeah. i have if if i'm challenged i will say i'll show you yeah and why? why not? And why not? so you've you've written for you've written for children and you've written for adults which do you prefer what 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 do you enjoy most, the, the adult writing or the children's? Oh, I don't think, do you know, spot. no one's ever asked me that. There Isn't that funny? <laughs> like an original question. Um, okay. Um, very different. Mm. Very, very different. It can take me a year to write an adult book because I write crime fiction. It's the research. Yeah. Hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks of, of research. Yeah. And you have to get it right. You know, readers of crime know every crime there is. Yeah. yeah. And they are, um, they're real critics. So you've got yeah. to get it right. Yeah. So it's, that's much harder. So uh, the, I, I like writing for the seven to 11 year old. That's my age group. And yeah. I like teaching that age group and they've still got their imagination. Uh, they still don't mind. And, they make me laugh what they enjoy. Yeah. I did a, um, I had eight children and I did, um, it, it was a friend of mine in China asked me to do it and I had to do book reviews. So they had to, so these eight kids had to read all, three books of mine and then review them. 
Okay. It was really over about six weeks. And out of the first three books of my series, they all said the best bit is when they found a dead body in a freezer. <laughs> Have I told you this before? That's the right age. I think I've heard you say that before. But yeah, they're, they're just at that right age. I mean, my, uh, two, my two are six and they would probably be thinking along those lines, actually. Isn't um, it funny? Yeah. And it was... It wasn't a horrible, it wasn't a murder, that no. it was an old lady, her husband had died and she didn't want him to go far away. So she put him in the freezer. So I, like it was it. still lighthearted and it wasn't murder. Yeah. But the kids loved that little bit and it just, yeah. yeah. Discerning. That's what yeah. adult, adult readers are. So I think there's, you can have more fun and be more creative. Yeah. But I did find that there was very little respect. I don't know if that has happened to you. Um, not so. I know. I know you've said this before. In terms of, I think the general consensus is it's easier to write children's books. Um, I haven't had that myself, but I do completely understand where you're coming from. Um, the the attitude sometimes from the outside looking in is that um, anyone can write a children's book. I found it to be fair. It's probably one of the most difficult ones because you writing for adults as an adult is a lot easier because you're in the right mentality um you've got to put yourself back into kids shoes but not only kids shoes but but trying to write something that they're going to find um interesting funny attractive whatever because they've got the shortest attention spans <laughs> so so actually writing this kids book was my challenge after starting out with adult horror fiction yeah um, you did the opposite i did the opposite but purely because when i started out somebody asked me in one of the earliest interviews what other genre would you like to write and I had to say kids books mainly because I thought if you've got the harshest critics so if you can write something that they accept then it's got to be good you know there's no sort of two ways about it they'll tell you if they they love it or they hate it so uh, um so yeah so so receiving I, I guess for you receiving you know that kind of response um like i know you've said in the past where they think it's easy and it, it's almost like when you when you say you're a writer and, and you write children's books um yeah. you um it's like it's they think it's the easier way out you know like i'd yeah. say anyone anyone can do it but uh i, I can but i physically saw people would say what do you write i write children's books and you physically saw their shoulders go yeah. oh yeah it's almost like think, a disappointment. I'll show you. Yeah. And it wasn't anyone sp specific. And it is funny that um, it I do get more respect writing crime fiction because mm. people go, oh. Yeah. It is funny. <laughs> I quite like it. I, uh, see, I, I've, I've kind of had the opposite, I think. I've had more interest, um, yes, with people that I know, but also further afield from my children's book. Because I think writing horror, it's so niche anyway. You've really got to find your audience with that. And I think I've got a wider reach with the children's stuff at the minute. If I, if I turn to to one of the other, say, a thriller, my, my my horror books aren't really thrillers, I think. More sort of chiller or something, you know. It's, it's not gory, but it's not... The intrigue probably isn't there like it would be with a mystery or a thriller book. If I chose to go into that realm, maybe I'd find that there's a lot, a bigger pool of people to... to yeah, I find to. the hardest thing is I have reams and reams of paper. And mm. if I had an office or if I stayed in one place, which I, I don't, yeah. um, I would have boards with all different things on it, like mm. timelines and backstories. And yes. with crime, 
you've got to get your red herrings in you've got everybody yeah. has a backstory because murder happens for a reason yeah and yeah. you don't really want to find that out till the end no uh you've got to try and make it not uh formatted because yeah. you don't people are going to stop reading them if they're for, if they're too I, alike i have yeah there's been a couple of writers in the past i've read loads of their books and then i, I sort of hit a point you know through their back catalogue i'm like this this i can kind of predict what's going to happen now because of how it's gone in other books and i've stopped stopped reading well i in my first book one person died in my second book two people died <laughs> i really very nearly went for three and i thought no i've got to nobody's to know how many's going to die no fair enough there's two <laughs> um um two classifications or two terms that that people tend to use for writers whether you are a pantser or a planner are uh, you familiar with those? Have you heard those before? So, if what's the first one? Planner. I, I'm yeah, a planner. Yeah, so you're a pantser. Oh, that means to just go and write. Just go, just basically fly by the seat of your pants. So, couldn't. No. I'm so organised. See, that's again interesting because that's the polar opposite to me. I haven't planned any of mine. Um, probably in the last book I had in my trilogy, um, which is of Gods and Insects, which I discussed on the podcast. It would be two weeks ago. I probably did a little bit more planning there because I had to bring all of the elements together and I needed to know where I was where I was going. But I was still writing a lot of it on the fly. All the books I'd written up to then, I just kind of just sat down in front of a laptop, had a few ideas, I just kind of saw where it took where it took me. I think the children's books I did like that. Yeah. And they were mystery books, so I knew about what was gonna happen. Yeah. But with the crime fiction You've really got that. I think it's it's down to the, the genres probably genre, do yeah. um do do decide that i mean with with horror i suppose i could i could just sort of throw in whatever came to my mind i could i could really still be imaginative it it certain portion of mine they're not really uh that like supernatural so i could let my imagination run away with me as i was going so uh maybe one day i am quite envious of all the authors i see with big like you say boards on the wall post-it notes everywhere bits of string oh, i'd love that. that yeah and if i funny- could if I could do my that, if I had the time book, to do that. Yeah. In my books, my character, that's what she does. Is it? <laughs> my character does it. Yeah, go. Sandra. I have a, my series is called the Sandra Bernstein Chronicles and she's a makeup artist and everywhere she goes, she has a murder room. She creates a murder room. <laughs> and so she, her, and she has a side kit called Andy, who's a PA because it all happens on a film set. Yeah. They always go from one film set to another. And so she always finds a place to have her, you know, her murder room. Yeah. How many, how many uh, Sandra Bernstein books have you done now? Is it? I'm three? on the third. You're on the third one. Still in the works? He's still. Yeah, well, I keep stopping and doing things. <laughs> like recording 20 interviews for Jackie Rome Investigates and another know. book. I don't know. There you go. You but just... I'm going away, hopefully, in July. Yeah. Uh, and so it's all here ready. It's all the outline because I write the outline books. Hold on. <laughs> I know you can't see it, but that's, I can right. skip. that's the outline. It's all handwritten, yeah. laid four sheets. Very impressive. And each page is about a chapter. Okay. And I think I normally have about 15 chapters. About, I mean, it depends on I've, the story. I've always, so the whole I've, story is planned. I've always had a notebook and I always tend to buy notebooks because they, they, I'm like, I'm going to start organising my writing. I'm going to write notes. Before I actually finished my first novel, when I started way back, I actually filled half a notebook, actually handwriting a story out. 
And only certain parts of that have made it into any of my books. So I've still actually got, if I ever went back to it, I've still got some material there to finish off. I get asked all the time, how do writers start? How do they, you know, if you're thinking about writing a book, how do you start? And Mm. I always say, get yourself a box, like a shoebox. And anything you can think of, just write notes and put it in. Whenever you think of something, doesn't matter, day or night, put it in your shoebox. And one day you'll open that box and there'll be a book. There you go. And that's, I've, I've had a, a few more people most recently actually ask me for advice and I don't think I'm in a I still don't feel like I'm in a position to pass advice on because I pinch mine. Pinch I'm, mine. I'm, <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll get from, from the expert. So yeah, I always <laughs> oh, sort of say, no, but I, it's always interesting to, to find out how different authors plan or, or um, get their ideas down. Actually like, capture that inspiration because with me it used to come not so much these days i am trying to get it back but it um just used to come to me at any point i used to my drives to and from work and when i was stood doing the washing up uh, we have a dishwasher now so i don't do as much of that i don't do as much thinking around the place um but that's they just used to come to me and i used to have to then scrabble from my phone or anything close by to to note the, this one Mine's line driving. or whatever yeah driving ev- all the time driving 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 i have got myself a little dictaphone because it's easier than trying to get your apps on your phone but i haven't used it yet but um and if i'm uh, away because i normally put myself in a position three four weeks or whatever and just write yeah and uh if i can't do anything i'll just get out in the car and drive and yeah uh, just don't driving yeah is how i do it cool so just um sort of for the next little section, I've just got some some great questions that I pulled out. Not not sort of specific to anything you've done necessarily, but I just thought that they're they're interesting ones to kind of open up and learn a little bit more about you. So, um, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? That I'm so, rich. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Because they think, you know, everyone knows J.K. Rowling and how rich she is. Yep. So they think that if you're, and you, you know, I've written, I'm on book 16, that you're rich. Yeah, yep. that's instant, those. No, that's brilliant. I like that. I'm still it's waiting for true. people to think that. Mind you, know, a lot of people, even, um, bless them, a couple of the, the parents that we've met sort of since our kids have been going to school, since they found out that I'm a writer, they think I do that full time, which is lovely. I mean, that, that would be my dream. But it's like, yeah. when I say to them, I'm working today. They think I'm coming home to write a book, which I, I, I wish it. I was. Wish I was. Um, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? Do it. Do Don't it. talk about it. Do it. <laughs> Whatever it is. Was there anything um, as you were growing up that you wanted to do that you haven't yet achieved? This is just a side question. Yes, this and is... I think it was just a sign of the times mm-hmm. because you know my story. So if I just go over it quickly. Sure. Um, at 15, I was called into the careers advisor, as we all are at school. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, what do you want to do? And I said, I'm going to be a director. Notice I'm going to be a director. Yep. And she said, don't be so ridiculous. And she chucked me out the room and told me to come back the next day with a proper job. <laughs> And I really do not know how I did this because there was no internet, so I'm that old. And uh, (laughs) I went back the next day and I said, okay, I've decided I'm going to become a makeup artist. And she said, that's much better. And she said, and where are you going to train? I said, I'm going to go to the London College of Fashion, (laughs) which was the biggest. It was in the West End, right in Oxford Street. And And she said to me, you'll never get in. 
So that's the first time I remember I said, I'll show, I'll show you, you, which I did, and I got in. But but uh, the dream of being a director has been there all my life. Um, and so if, if I had my time again, yes, I would have tried to pursue to be a director. Yeah. Not now. I yeah. have no want to now. And um, because I've been directing mm. and um, I made a documentary called Method of Murder, where I went with the film crew to Vegas uh, to research my second book. And the job of the director, it was the time where I thought, actually, I don't want to uh, ever do this job. Fair enough. So I produced it. I was one of the producers, yeah. which I loved. So I think as a child, I probably didn't know what a director does, really. You see and, their you see their name flash upon the screen, I suppose, and think it's probably a lot more, yeah. uh, a lot easier, a lot more glamorous than it probably is. But yeah, but and yeah. I love producing, so yeah. you know, coming up with an idea and turning it into fruition. So yeah. that's probably more more my job. Brilliant. Yeah, cool. <clears throat> this is always a good one. It's it's quite a cliche one. This, but if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I would be. It would be. Elvis Presley, cool. yeah. Judy Garland, mm -hmm. and Bette Midler. Could you? And imagine? I'll tell you why. Go on. Then. So Elvis, I've never, I haven't particularly been an Elvis fan, but I think he was a misunderstood genius. Yeah. And uh, and it would just be fun to sit at the table and hear the stories. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Judy Garland, I think she's exactly the same. She was taken just like Elvis. The pair of them are very similar because mm. from very young. They were controlled, yeah, and so it, they were everybody else's property. Yeah, and Bette Midler because I just love her. <laughs> I love her audacity, <laughs> her confidence. Yeah, and and she's a very talented lady as well. So cool. they would be. I'd love I that table. That would. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. Going back to um, to Elvis, just a second. I, I was quite a big fan growing up. There's two a two part of the official like biography written of him. I don't know if you've seen it at all. Well worth a, a read, if not. Um, I think it's Last Train to Memphis is the first part, and Careless Love is the second part. Pretty huge book, but they're they're really really good. <clears throat> it goes into everything, but it's a sad, like you say, it's a sad tale really of of someone who was thrust in the. Uh, well, he was a commodity, well. yeah. wasn't he? He was a commodity and he made a lot of people a lot of money. And that's that's it. It made a lot of other people a lot of money. That's they're the people, I think, that, yeah, are always the root cause of the downfall of these these stars, to be fair. So, um, one final one. So what is the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my <laughs> Well, I can tell you, let me tell you about the latest. I've got, I can't, I have two <laughs> stories. Okay. And I have actually, because we had a little chat before and I mm. did tell you, um, the book I've just released a week ago, um, I got a call today, a message today from a te drama teacher that I don't know, who said that she'd tried one of the lessons with her kids and they absolutely loved it. And she said, you should have seen the smile on their face. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's just, you know, that's, that's one. Indeed. And then my other one, um, I was in the Caribbean yep, and it. I was in, they have casinos and I was in the casino on my own and I came out at 10 o'clock at night. And as I came out, there was two couples, one just before me and one had walked on. And this guy looked at me and he went, are you Jackie Ram? <laughs> 
And, and now I'm suspicious, aren't I? Like, yeah. yes. He goes, oh, look. And he calls his friends over. This is the, the writer, the author from UK, Jackie Rum. I've read all her books. And then they go to tell you about your characters as if they're yeah. real. Yeah. So I find that's a compliment. That's brilliant. Yeah, when someone actually yeah, out of the blue sort of starts telling you. I thought you were going to say starts telling you about your characters like they know them better i sometimes think the readers yes. probably do so yeah I mean, no, they... that's what i mean that's what he did yeah he said i love sandy <laughs> her name's sandra no it's not i don't do that it was funny i loved it that's brilliant so just to finish off i'll give you the floor now so um just think of it as a bit of a sales pitch anything out there that um that people should be reading listening to watching where to find it Chris, me, me do a sales pitch. Never. <laughs> Never. No, that's why I thought I, I needed to go out of you, really. So. Help me out here, yeah. Uh, well, I, as I said before, the best thing to do is always go to JackieRom.com because all the links are there. But um, I do a bit of everything. So I have a podcast, The Life of a Crime Novelist. I have a YouTube series, which is uh, Jackie Rom, the channel. And, uh, and I write books and I teach drama. <laughs> I don't sleep very often. No, either. I was going to say, yeah, you don't have time for that kind of thing. Normal no, life. So. It's in the way. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is also is I'm single. So I date as well now. Well, I could write a book on dating as an older there lady. Go. There you That's go. That's hilarious. So we'll have to have a chat all about that one day. Absolutely. It's just funny. When, when probably it's not being recorded. Not sure. I don't know. Oh, no, no. I <laughs> Oh, no, it, part two it, there we it's go all funny there you go so we've been promised no i haven't been... got no i wouldn't be telling rude i haven't got any <laughs> but there you go we've been promised a part two jackie ron part two which i look forward to to uh to arranging no that with problem. you very soon cool but thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure thank you again for the part you played in getting dead men talk um to to being really and um all the best all, all the success in the world with your new series with your books everything that you're doing and uh, so everyone check out jackie rom investigates on youtube every friday do they drop new yep, episode? every yep. friday 10 so there you go so subscribe to the channel you'll get a you'll get a message every time there's a new one out but definitely worth a look so thank you so much for for coming along my pleasure <laughs> well thanks again to jackie rom for stopping by on dead men talk to talk about everything that she's she's done before and everything she's got coming up it's um become one of my favorite things to do really is try and um bring people onto this podcast rather than just be myself to um I've, I've been able to meet so many really interesting people with fascinating stories to share you know and uh it's something i will continue doing um so just to close off I have got my regular feature coming up in a second but just to say as well i have decided um in order to keep this as fresh as I can, I'm going to be running this podcast in series, in seasons, um, probably about sort of 10 episodes or so. It just gives me enough to um, take a bit of a break in between to make sure I can, you know, write some new, fresh shows, exciting um, content for you in between. Also means I can get back to my writing in between as well and, you know, all these projects that I keep starting and stopping. So uh, trying to keep up with everything I've got going on. So um, so with that in mind, I've got a few few episodes left to go. I've already got planned what I'm doing, what lies ahead. So next week, I will be returning more to the usual format. It will just be myself. I will be doing a couple of shows on where I'll be reading... Um, actually passages excerpts chapters from 
um, across the Wildermore Apocalypse trilogy. Again, for those who may not have read them before, so rather than listen to me waffle on about the story behind the story, I'll actually share with you some of the actual story. So I will start that. Uh, a couple of episodes, I think. Um, so I'll start that one next week with um, some content from Acolyte, for sure, and maybe move on to the sewing season as well. Um, so just to finish off today obviously with this week's on this day in history so 30th of june actually this was quite quite an interesting date to look back on there's some quite um big events that that happened so um june 30th 1905 albert einstein publishes the article on the electrodynamics of moving bodies in which he first introduced special relativity um i think one of the one of the most interesting ones from a um, a Brit's point of view, though. Um, the world's first emergency telephone number, 999, is introduced in London on June the 30th in 1937. And uh, obviously we're still using that today, but to know that's the, that's the first emergency telephone number in the world. Um, it's quite impressive. Uh, 1990, East Germany and West Germany merge their economies. Uh, for the football fans out there, celebrating, obviously, that... Um, at least the English football season is uh, back up and running for the for the remainder of what what was remaining before lockdown interfered. On this day, June the thirtieth in two thousand and two, it was the World Cup final in which Ronaldo scored twice to give Brazil a two 0 win over Germany to win their fifth record fifth World Cup. And to finish off, I know there's a few. Uh, a few of my friends out there that probably listen to this that are big comic book fans, so probably their most important one. On this day in 1938, Superman first appeared in DC Comics Action Comics series issue number one. So there we go. Very important day, actually. It's a great one to look back on. Um, thank you again for stopping by this week. Um, hope you tune in again next week. Like I said, we'll be sharing actually some content from within the pages of the world of more apocalypse and um yeah so so join me then if you if you read it brilliant you can listen to me read it um and sort of relive those moments or if you haven't read them yet and you're, you're eager after my shows where i've i've um, done these deep dives into it a few weeks ago if you are interested and intrigued and haven't yet picked up your copy yourself maybe i may even um inspire you enough to to go out and, and buy the book fingers crossed so thanks for listening and i will speak to you next week <laughs> oh.